there's just kind of ungodly you want for us. And uh, got this word stir. And uh, uh, so I don't know if, if you're on the app there, we got a picture of, uh, you know, what happens in the fireplace once the, it goes down to, but we, we, we had about a week, I think, where we were <laughs> building a fire. And, uh, and Hunter said, or I think Braden was saying that. He said, oh, the fire's out. Well, no, you just got to go stir it a little bit. And the flames will come back, right? If you kind of move things around and, and get the fuel to it, it will come back to life. And uh, So I think there's some things we can draw out of this because I, I, um, I just want, I, I really want us to be encouraged that um, the embers are there. And we just need to stir them. We need to, and that's, that's why I like these songs we sang tonight. Um, you know, come like a fire, uh, a flood, saturate me. Um, come like the wind, sweep through this place. Um, but allowing God, and He's already doing His part. But we, He's waiting for us to move with what He's already given us, and how critical it is, not just for us, um, but but through us. And uh, somebody, somebody's life is depending upon whether we get on fire or not. And, you know, we were looking at it, and man, you know, God, God can't stand lukewarmness. He wants fire. He wants heat. And so uh, I think we have to be reminded of that because we're the only ones that have anything to do with it. You know, and it's not, it's not my responsibility completely. I mean, we, you know. And we sing some songs, and, and we've got some scriptures. I'm so grateful for the Word of God that we don't depend on what we think about stuff, but we go to the Word of God. You can trust in Him, amen? But but there, there's something beyond that. If He is real, I better, I better stir that up. And there's things He's put in me specifically that it's nobody else's fault. It's, it's all up to me. And... Um, and he wants me to, there's a responsibility in this. Amen? Jesus made this promise. So I'm going to make this connection, actually, between, and this is why it's kind of critical for us, because um, it, it, it's hard, uh, you know, it's interesting how you can actually fool around in a fire, and you can touch parts of it uh, that aren't hot, and move this wood around, and you make your kids and your wife really nervous. Get your hand out of there, what are you doing? Well... Because you can actually touch the wood part if it's not hot. You can touch it, right? And, you know, you can be right in the middle of a church that's on fire. And somebody could touch, you could touch somebody. They ain't going to get burned. Because you're not on fire. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter that there's a fire around you. You have to be on fire yourself. If, if, and for anybody to be affected by that. Can you see that? So there's, there's this thing that, that Jesus actually um, initiated, and, and so I want to make a connection because um, uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit is actually transmitted through touch. In fact, he said, he said that this would happen, that there would be a power that's imparted. And so, so why do we lay hands on people? Well, Jesus told us to. Just kind of simple. That's his way of doing stuff. And, I, and I, we need to look at this because, well, that's not how I, well, that's how he does it. And if you want to get involved with him, that's how he does it. So that puts responsibility on you now. You can't just show up and start laying hands on somebody. 
if you're not on fire because it's not going to do any good, right? So it becomes very necessary to say, okay, I'm going to be obedient, but that comes with a, a, a prerequisite also that I need to be on fire myself too, right? Okay, so um, so Jesus said this, and, and I'm going to make this connection again between uh, the laying on of hands, but then this, the, stir, the necessity of stirring up that uh, fire that's on the inside of us. Jesus promised to be, it's to be received as spoken, okay? If, if God says something, I don't want to just uh, say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. No, I want to do something with it, right? Otherwise, it's, it's worthless until I'm doing something with it. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. <laughs> so, man, you can know if somebody's actually a believer, not just because they wear I believe shirt, right? How do you know somebody's actually a believer? Because when they touch stuff, it burns, right? It's, they're going to have an effect that's a godly effect. That's how you know if somebody's a believer. That's what Jesus said, right? These signs will follow those that, who believe. They will cast out demons. Man, we need, you know, I, I, um, well, I won't get into it too much, but there's actually regions of the world that are demonic, that, that, that have a lot of demonic activity. And, and you would think that, that, it, that America isn't as prominent in that, but I think, that's, I think that's why we have a lot of drugs that we have, is to temper the power of, of spiritual things, you know, that we could be, there's no reason why we can't be taking authority over these things, right? Anyway, they will cast out demons in my name. What does that mean? It's just as if he was there, right? Man, that's true. Then I, I, it better be that it's just like Jesus is there in me. I, I, I can't be carrying a bunch of other worldly clothes that are covering him up, right? <laughs> can't carry a spirit of heaviness and be affecting anybody with, with him, right? And they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they will drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them. Not intentionally, but accidentally, right? It's like, uh, it's like when Paul got bit by that snake, you know, when he got shipwrecked. And it's like he wasn't doing that on purpose. Okay. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. What does that sound like? That's, that sounds like something that he said, you're gonna, when you believe, you're actually going to be taken in a heat, a, a power, uh, a direct connection to something much bigger than you that's going to affect things around you, right? And uh, he, he, he didn't say this might happen. He said this, this is what's going to happen. So so here's what I want to do with this is, is not get discouraged because I'm not seeing it, but to recognize that it's there, first of all. And then say, okay, if it's there, maybe it's like those embers in my fireplace that need some stirring, right? Maybe there needs to be a fanning a little bit. You know, get a, those bellows or whatever and, and get some heat going to it, right? Yeah, anybody ever go to, uh, oh, where is it, Branson? Um, what is it? Silver Dollar City. Anybody go to Silver Dollar City? You need to go to Silver Dollar City. So it's, it's an old, it's like a mountain themed uh, Arkansas um, or Missouri, is it? The Ozarks. Anyway, they, they have all these, like a blacksmith, you know, doing real real work. You know, they got the bellows going and everything. They got to get it so hot or they, it, they can't do anything with it, right? 
Um, <laughs> man, that's good, isn't it? God's got to get it so hot, or He can't do anything with us. We're all we're all we're all stuck in a mold, in some kind of a you know a form that that He can't do anything with until He gets us hot enough. Man, that's good, isn't it? All right, all right. Let's go to James here because I'm just going to look at some of these uh, things that have to do with. Uh, uh, again, I, I kind of referred to this already, but, you know, if, if we're going to get hooked up with what God's going to do, man, Keith was talking about some stuff last night that was just, uh, God's going to ask us to do some stuff that does, most of the time it doesn't make any sense in the natural. And he said, you have to be like a little kid that, you, you know, is being told to do something. And they say, okay, and they just go do it. Doesn't make sense. You're not, you're not questioning it, but, but. But God's, God's in the process of doing a miracle, and he, he, he went through the whole turning the water into wine and what those servants went through, you know. <laughs> when, when they took that cup to, to serve it, last they knew it was water. They're fixing to serve water. But they're just doing what, what Mary said, just do what he says, just do what he says. And it's like, oh. So... There's this element about God is, is he, he says something. We just we just do it, right? And so I, I want to understand this with regard to these the, the laying on of hands for one thing, but but this understanding that he said this is gonna be inside of you. He didn't say it might. He said, You're gonna have this. When you believe, you're gonna this is what you come with. You come with this fire shut up in your bones. Right? And instead of saying, well, I don't know if I really believe that because I just don't know. Well, you have to do something with it, right? Okay, James 4, 6. It will be in humble submission to God's order that his grace will be perceived and applied. So to get, to, to actually have the reality of that as an experience and not just a promise, there needs to be an, uh, an activation on our part that makes it come to pass, right? James 4, 6, and he gives grace. He gives grace. What is that? That's God's power that goes way beyond ours, right? And it says he doesn't just give it a little bit. He gives it generously, right? As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, who, who are the humble? Now, sometimes we get an idea of a humble person as being somebody that is will not believe anything good about himself. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm just a ter- I'm just a worm. You know, I'm 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 just I'm I'm no, that's not what a humble person a humble person says, you tell me to do something, that's what I'll do. Because I'm not too big for that. Right? I'm gonna humble myself. And so what I'm the one to see in this is is God showing us a way that is very simple, but is critical if we're gonna experience his grace especially generously, we're going to have to submit to that. And what, what's going to happen is, is it's going to be a process that begins to take place of something that's already there getting heated up. Don't you like that? I think this is good stuff. Amen? All right, 2 Timothy 1.6. Laying on of hands places the embers, but fanning to flames is up to us. So... Uh, Jesus, you know, he, he, he said that when you believe these things will happen to you, you'll, you'll, you'll not be affected by things like people in the world are affected by things. But then, it's not just that. You will actually 
affect things by your touch, right? To the degree that you actually believe and to the, to the degree that you're, you're activating what's already inside, right? So this is where we get this panning verse. Don't you like this verse? Let's just look at this verse for a while. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Huh. So Timothy was a Christian. He was a born-again Christian. He was new creation. But something happened because Paul had had an encounter with God that now became a gift to impart to somebody else. And he took it so seriously that when, it, when he had an opportunity to do it, it wasn't in vain. It was coming from a, a, a fire from the inside. You see that? And what happened to Timothy, and who's Timothy? He's a young minister, right? And, he, and he's coaching him. He's, he's, his, he's Timothy's coach. And he said, because I was thinking about this. We, we, we love to pray for people. We love to lay hands on people. And sometimes, man, I've had Brother Hagen lay hands on me, you know. And, and um, uh, we were actually, we, we got to meet a guy that we hadn't met or hadn't seen for 20 years, probably, or maybe more than that, uh, Dave Schauber. And he was just telling us, I mean, he's gone through all kinds, a brain tumor and a, and a, uh, a stroke. But he had a testimony when we were up there. He just, he's on, he, he taps into the belief of what's in, in there. And the impartations that Paul was talking about here, he, he um, who had been, he had, had laid hands on him? Uh, Lester Summerall and he was with Rick Renner over in Russia. But um, it, he, 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 he related it to, who had laid hands on people even before that? Like Smith Wigglesworth laid hands on Lester Summerall. He said, and he laid hands on me. And, he, and just by the acknowledging of that, and because Paul was telling that to Timothy, he says, don't let it be something that just goes dormant, just dies away. To the degree that we put value on a touch that we've received from God, um, and what's really cool about this is it might have gotten cold. We might be in a state of cold, but it doesn't have to be. We can believe in, in what's, what we've received. Man, I remember one time, because um, as a pastor's kid, sometimes I can become a, a little bit skeptical of some things because you do see some kind of weirdness, and I won't dwell on that too much. But we had, uh, what was that guy from Australia or South Africa? Rodney Howard Brown. I don't think anybody ever heard of Rodney Howard Brown. Um, he actually is in, in in Tampa, Florida now. You know, speaks with that kind of South African. It's not really British, I guess, but it, that accent, you know, it's really charming. And, um, and we went to a meeting up at Rhema, a great big building. And, and man, he, he's praying for everybody. It doesn't even touch people. It just... Um, I guess it kind of defies what I'm talking about here, but, 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 but the impartation, you know, the 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 effect. I mean, he he just walked by, and it just you just just the presence of God. You know, even that experience that I had then, I go back and draw on that. I know the Holy Spirit's come to live on the inside of us, but Paul's talking about something else here. He said, "There's a gift that you received, 
and there's a laying on of hands. And, and partly why I'm wanting to see this is this not just for us to lay hold upon, but for us to begin to participate in. And for us to participate in it, we have to be on fire ourselves. Uh, you know, I'm so encouraged uh, with, with what we're talking about with the men, getting engaged. I think this is part of the day, you know. If we're going to be doing what God uh, has for us to do, we're going to have to be on fire. Not, it's, 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 it's not some kind of discipline. Well, it will be discipline, but it's, it's not apart from God. It's going to come from that life that's already on the inside. Can you see that? This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God... This is interesting, just this, because a lot of times we we just want to say, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind." But it, it it came from, it's the verse right before that is talking about him needing to fan into flames what he received by the laying on of hands, because all the time, greater to see, right? Hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Timidity, but of power, loving, and self-discipline. And that is something that's resonant on the inside. But I'm seeing here that for that to be a reality, there needs to be some fanning of flames. Can you see that? All right. All right. I just want to put Thayer's. I like Thayer's better than Strong's. Anybody like Thayer's better? Anyway. Um, so that, that word, and it's interesting. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go look at that word and see where else it's used. It's not used anywhere else. Isn't that funny? That's just really a joke. Okay. To kindle up, inflame one's mind, strength, and zeal. And who's supposed to do this? Well, I'm glad that we can go ahead and get our hands laid on by somebody. But for it to be a reality in my life, I'm going to have to learn how to use a poker and some bellows. I'm going to need to do it myself, right? Because I can't take Rodney Howard Brown home with me. Actually, I, I don't think I would want to. But anyway, all right. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. But um, let me keep going here. Uh, Acts, Acts 13.3. I'm just looking at some of these examples of, of uh, laying on hands here. Though. Preparation of fasting and prayer uh, for laying on of hands with purpose. So... In, in this passage, I'm seeing, you know, before you just go lay hands on somebody, there needs to be a fanning. <laughs> so after more fasting and prayer, have we just been through a time of fasting and prayer, right? There should be a change. There should be a heat. There should be a, a, a glow. You know, we're fixing to go see my, my daughter's uh, glow. She's going to have a baby probably tomorrow morning. We get to drive down to Louisiana. Oh, Ashley, my wife is confessing against that um, so that we can get there. <laughs> but there needs to be a preparation, and that's what they, they didn't just say, hey, let's go lay hands on them. No, a lot of times we just want to go just lay hands on people. Well, maybe we need to be fanning some flames before we lay hands. So, we're, so, so it's not just a vain laying, <laughs> you know. It's not just a vain touch. It's not you're not just touching a, a log in the, that's got fire all around it, but it's not hot, you know, right? So after more fasting and prayer, so there should be what, what's happening in a time of fasting and prayer. Maybe not necessarily accomplishing some specific purpose, but just getting on fire, 
you know? Amen? The men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Huh. Why didn't they just send them on their way? Because there's something about that. There's the impartation of a fire that's going to be fuel for them. Why? Because they're fixing to go minister. What is ministering? Is it about the minister? It's about who they're touching, isn't it? And they better be prepared. They, they, they better be ready to do something. And so what happened when they did this? They were praying. They were getting full. They were, getting, they were fanning the flame themselves so that they went and they touched somebody that now they had something they were taking with them that they could draw from. Amen? So I'm seeing this is something that we need to begin to see ourselves is even on, like, like when we gather on a Sunday morning, we're touching each other. And we can begin to put a demand on that. Man, when I touch somebody on Sunday morning, man, they're getting burned. You know? We don't know. Some of the best ministry happens, you know, even between the parking lot and the front door. Right? It, it, it's not, it, it's, it's who we are as a body, not just somebody on the platform. Not, you know, we had some guests here Sunday, and they were saying how great the worship is, and and that's fine. But man, it's not about just music. It's about people touching people because they're on fire for God, and that and some little quiet person that doesn't stick out on the crowd maybe is touching somebody in a in a more effective way, you know, because they've been praying, they've been on their knees, they've been saying, God. Change somebody's life. Burn your fire in their heart. Burn, you know? And so what's happening, they're, they're fanning that flame. It's, it's already there, but if, if there's no fanning, there cannot be any preparation for the ministry that needs to take place here. Amen? And that humility to say, I need somebody to touch me too. You know, right? Because they prayed for somebody that submitted to that. And said, I'll, I'll, I'll receive that. Amen? Acts 19.6, <clears throat> with laying on of hands, there's a gift of the Spirit is imparted. Look at this. This is interesting. So Paul was actually going, he's traveling around, and he, and he runs into some Bible students that are obviously, you know, born again, but they hadn't received the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't say, well, that's okay. You'll be okay. No, he, he said, oh, you really need, because this is the way Jesus shows. It's that humility thing, right? If this is the way Jesus said that you were going to have power to be a witness, oh, let's get on board with that, right? Let's don't find another way and, and, and try to make it work without it. Let's get on board with that. And so Jesus, and Paul says, oh, this is so cool. Wait till you get touched by the fire that I've got, right? Now, remember, Paul, he taught against doing things out of order when it came to speaking in tongues. But in the middle of that, he said, and I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than anybody. So you're not going to impress me by your speaking in tongues because I do it more than anybody. But you have to do it. You have to be smart about it. But you don't minimize it either because that's where your power comes. That's where your fanning of that flame comes from. Right? And he said, oh, man, you ministers, for you to minister effectively, you need me to lay hands on you because you're just going to. What's already on the inside is going to boil over, right? 
That's what the scripture says. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, right? Then when Paul laid his hands on them, isn't this interesting? When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Oh, but I thought he was already living on the inside. Yeah, but there's something about a, a reception of him on the outside too, right? He sure says that. Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. You know, this is something that I think we need to draw on too, is, is the um, prophecy isn't necessarily take, foretelling something. It's exhorting. It's encouraging. It's building somebody up. And sometimes it, it won't be thus saith the Lord. I think this happens a lot of times um, in, in, in a teaching time. There, there can be prophetic things being said. Um, and we don't identify that. But, but what they're saying for these, these guys is they, it's, what it is is it's a divine utterance, inspiration. And I, man, I, I've, been, I've been impressed with this, that we need to be, begin to draw on this more so. Like, like when we have, um, when we're in the world and we're touching with somebody, it's that just stepping out and begin to say, even saying hi to somebody. <laughs> you know, to, to bridge that gap of, of separation between somebody and open the door for a divine utterance to come out. And if you've been, if, if you've been fanning your own flame, what will come out is a flame, is some heat that can make some difference. That makes sense? All right, let me just go through this real quick. I've got anybody following along with the, uh, on the I'm going to read through here Acts uh, 8, 17. Um, there was an obvious transmission of, of gifting with the laying on of hands. So he runs into these guys, and then, and, oh, I, I said that about the other, didn't I? Um, Actually, I think this is in Acts 8. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon's, oh, this, yeah, this, this is what it is. Uh, and, and this is the critical thing, that it, it's not something that, it's not a formula. You can't say, oh, I heard somebody did this, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, everybody that, that calls himself a Christian, he said those that believe will do this stuff, right? So anyway, Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on, on people, and he offered them money to buy this power. What is he? He's a sorcerer, right? He's somebody that's really interested in spiritual things, but he doesn't know God, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's some people like that in church. <laughs> They're really interested in some spiritual things, but they don't really know God. They, they don't really have that fire in their box, right? Um, and he says, let me have that power too. I, I like that. I like what you're, what you're doing. That's really cool. He exclaims, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Man, I can make some money off of that. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. Now, I just want to encourage us in this because, um, I, uh, again, I've, in church, you can... The things that are legitimate of God can get become small if they're used in the wrong way. It, if it becomes about the vessel, if, uh, promoting a ministry. Um, <laughs> I got some funny stories about that. I won't tell. Um, the Bible school student, I'll, I'll tell a little bit. <laughs> uh, he, he, just, he, he, 
<laughs> he had heard stories about like Smith Wigglesworth, you know, throwing somebody up against a wall to um, several times to be healed, and they finally were healed, you know. And uh, he was a Bible school, a Raymond student. I think he was still a student, you know, but he was, uh, you know, he was aspiring. He was wanting to start his ministry and be able to have like a newsletter, you know, and to be able to. I think his 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 mom's dog died. You know, he kept kept throwing the dog against the walls. <laughs> he says, "Be quiet! I know what I'm doing." You know, <laughs> and I, I don't know for some reason that reminded me of Simon here. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm a, a different motive. It's it's not coming from an actual experience with God. It's coming from, oh, that sounds like a good idea thing. You know, and, and uh, so what I'm seeing here is the necessity of uh, of the heart to be the motive of it to be right, you know? It's not like, it's not going to be about what I can uh, impress somebody, how, uh, what a great ministry we have. That's why I, I want, you know, even about this body, I want us to have everything with, with excellence, but man, I, I want it to be Jesus that people are saying that they're experiencing, you know, more than anything else. Well, nothing else, just him, right? Um, you can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Man, this implies to me that when the heart is right with God, it's going to be bubbly. It's going to be boiling. The heart. I like. Don't you like that scripture that says, um, the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth, looking for a heart that is what? Perfect towards him. What's a perfect heart towards God? It's not going to be a cold one. It's going to be one that you can see from a long ways away because it's glowing with heat. He's not going to have to. He's looking over the whole earth. And how's he going to identify that heart? By the heat coming out of it. You know, by, the, by the light of that heat. All right. James 5.16. With heart preparation is igniting a fire with kingdom purpose. So here's the thing about this. I don't want to just... Because... Uh, Uh, again, I think it's part of the battle of, of, of wanting to get some kind of label or name for this is what we are, this is who we are. And um, there's an actual kingdom purpose that's involved in this. This is why Jesus, you know, he wasn't afraid to, to feed the 5,000 and then turn them all off by, uh, by telling them they have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Because it wasn't about him building up his ministry. He, did, he wasn't afraid of people leaving. He said to his disciples, so are you all leaving me now too? Because he, 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 he wasn't, that, that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was something so much bigger. And so I think it's so important when we're thinking about getting hot for God. It's not so that people can say, wow, they're, hot. they're really cool. Look at how great they are. No, it's because you have this, you see beyond the heat. You see the kingdom purpose that is the real reason why we're on fire for God. And, and it goes way beyond anything on this earth. It's an eternal purpose. Amen? What it does is it liberates you. All that other stuff just becomes a weight. Oh, what does somebody think about me? What is, you know, all that junk? But when you get on fire with an eternal purpose for being on fire, Right? It's like, wow, I, I, can, I can do this. Amen? All right. 
Uh, James 5.16. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored. So there's, there's something about getting all the... Um, getting all the stuff that would restrict a fire out of the way so that, that, the, that the kindling can burn. Getting all the water off of it. It's like that's the problem with, with having a whole stack of wood out there. If it gets rained on, it, it becomes not very flammable anymore. I think that's partly what he's talking about. Is get rid of the stuff that's going to keep your fire from burning, right? Because he says that you may be healed. Where, where does he healing come from? It comes from a, a burning fire of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And restored to a spiritual throne of mind and heart. And then this is the one we like to quote, but it says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, I really like the King James of this. What does it say? It says the effectual fervent. What does that imply? It implies some heat, doesn't it? Man, I, so this is kind of really the crux of what I'm get, wanting us to get to in this is, is, is our, in our interaction with God to get beyond um, something that's not flaming. In, in a good way. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about prayer, that we need to be, we need to be um, stirring it up with a fervency. You know what I mean? And, and, and not, not saying, well, that's just not who I, well, this is God's way. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It's going to affect things for good, right? That means if I'm going to get, I'm going to be humble before God, I'm going to start Stirring that up, and you're going to notice it in me. It's going to be different about me. I'm going to pray with some fervency, you know. I want to encourage us in this. You know, when we get together to pray, let's get some fervency going, you know. We can, we can hold back, but there's an opportunity, <laughs> right? Man, to lift our voice and to start. I, I'm telling you, there's, there's, such a, there's such an unction on the inside of us if we are believers there's such a, a, a fire that God's put on the inside of us that's just longing for release. And there's, there's, there's an ability to take authority, to be bold, to be strong in the Spirit that He's given us, the Holy Spirit, for the release of that. And it can either be, it, it, we can either fan it or we can resist it. And, and it will never be what we don't want it to be, right? It, it, as long as we're holding back, God's not going to make us do it. But he's saying, man, there's an opportunity for us to be on fire. It, and, man, I, I encourage us in this. What, what I want people to encounter is God. Not us being afraid of whether or not they like us or not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want us to be on fire for God. Amen? All right, First uh, Timothy four fourteen. I just got this a little bit more. Are y'all good? All right. With the laying on of hands is the placement of gifting that will either be fanned or neglected. What 
does it take to neglect something? Just to not do anything with it. Just to not do anything with it. Right? That's some of the, you know, how many would think, man, let's honor God. Let's honor God. What does it take to dishonor God? To just not do anything with it. Right? And you think about how much he's made it. What he's done. He's, <laughs> Jesus came to make us a new creation. To make us vessels that he can actually occupy, which doesn't really, again, that doesn't make any sense at all because we are not in, a, in ourselves. There's just nothing about us. It's, I mean, look at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but not only does he do that, he makes us into a new creation, but then he, he, he puts his Holy Spirit. He said, now there's a gift that you don't have to have, but, but if you receive this, it's going to, Cause you to be powerful, mighty, right? And he said, okay, what are you going to do with it, though? You're just going to let that fire be covered up by worlds, by cares, by other things, you know? So Paul's telling Timothy is, do not neglect, fail to fan, fail to stir, Fail to allow it to be more than just a murmur. <laughs> right? <laughs> My parents had, had a, uh, um, when I finally left the house, they were liberated to go buy five acres out in the country. Let's put it that way. We lived in a borrowed home until I, I left for college. And they said, yay. They waved at me from the front door. My, my sisters, they all took them to college and wept that they were having to go. For me, they joyfully waved at me from the front porch as I took off on the car by myself. No, I'm just kidding. But, but they did. They, they got this, this house out in the country. It was a really pretty little house. And, and it had, man, it had a fireplace that was big. You could put logs, I mean, you know, logs in that thing. You could get it started with the kindling thing. But, man, and when it got going... Man, a fire gets going, it makes some noise, doesn't it? It makes a commotion. You can feel that thing. Um, when you don't, when, when you're not neglecting it, there's going to be a sound. When you're not neglecting it, there, that fire is going to make an impact. Amen? Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through, through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Oh, man, we need to put some faith in the, the laying on of hands, don't we? See it as a ministry. You know what? And, and, and to understand that it's not me trying to make something happen when I lay hands. It's me releasing what's already happened on the inside. Amen? But then taking, taking to heart how I'm living, how I'm showing up in the first place. So let's look at just this last one. Uh, uh, I think this is kind of an, a good example. So how do we fan? Um, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost, it's, it's, it's going to be tapping into that other realm, you know. Uh, it's real. But I like this in 1 Thessalonians because it, it kind of just kind of nails. Uh, there, there, there needs to be a shutting down of anything other than the Spirit. The Holy Spirit if he's going to be, if we're going to be full of the Holy Spirit, that means 
There's no room for anything else, you know. And that means there's only going to be fruit of the Spirit. There's not going to be anything else, right? All the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all that stuff. But this too, let's just look at this. So how can we do that? Always be joyful. Did you know that, <laughs> Levi, did, did you know that these things are choices? That we can be joyful on purpose. It doesn't matter, you know, there, there's all, we're, we're going through this thing, you know, uh, some of our leadership, we're going through a, a thing where we, uh, it tells you what kind of person you are and what you tend to do and all those kinds of things. And sometimes uh, some of these tests I've done in the past, it's kind of, I, I don't know if I like that, you know. <laughs> and what I like about what I get from the Word of God is I get a different mirror from the Word of God that says, that might be how you are naturally, but it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. When you take on an, this new nature that we have in Christ, there's joy that you can have all the time. Because it's not coming from who you are. It's becoming, it's coming from that new one that you've become in him. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And if that's true, in his presence is fullness of joy. Oh, man, I, I, let, let's be encouraged in this. That we do not have to be anything other than joyful. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Why would we want to be weak? <laughs> and it's a choice. We can, be, we can be joyful all the time. Amen? Never stop praying. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you have to become weird and nobody can talk to you because you're, you're always talking to God. What I see that being is you're always aware of his presence. Always saying, hey, always acknowledging him, you know. It's not like you're trying to get him to do something for you. That's, it's not that kind of prayer, you know. It's just communication with him continually. What does that do? That allows the source of the fire to always be uh, engaged in your life, right? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, uh, I, I don't know if it's, I think it was Hunter that was telling me this, that it's impossible to be uh, grateful and depressed at the same time. That there's a part of your brain that processes both of those things, and you can't, you can't do both at the same time. Any of those things, any of these things that I'm, I'm seeing, what is, what's it doing? It's, it's fanning the nature of God. You're saying, okay, this is what makes that fire come alive, right? The joy of the Lord, being grateful, what is that? that? That's actually being in faith. If God said something, it's already mine, so all I have to do is be thankful, right? And, and this next one's in, interesting. It says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. How do you stifle? Pour hot water on him, right? What is that? That's acknowledging anything other than, than victory, anything other than love. That's getting into the realm of, of um, judgment and accusations and unrighteousness, kind of like what we talked about on Sunday. You know, it's like, no, he's established us in, in righteousness. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stifle the Holy Spirit. You know, it doesn't matter how so, how somebody's messed us up somewhere. 
No, the Holy Spirit is good. God's not going to give us something that's going to hurt us, right? Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. Don't you like that? And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God, make the, God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. You know what's really encouraging about this is, is God is working. He's already put that fire on the inside of us. And, and as soon as we fan, it allows him to blow and, and to cause to come to pass his purpose. But he's needing us. You know, something that, that Keith was saying a, a few times, he said, uh, uh, did, did God really need Moses to, to touch the water with his? No, God could. No, he said, no, he did. He needed Moses to do that because it's the way God went to do it. God needs us to not just have the Holy Spirit, but to begin to do things that cause it to come alive in our life. Amen? That's, that's his way. And we just humble ourselves to his way. Amen? Oh, he says to be joyful. Then I'm going to be joyful. He says to take a, a, a dip of, of water to the guest when they're expecting wine. I'll just do that. I, I, I don't know if you've been to correlation, but I don't have time. Okay. Amen? Never stop praying? Okay, I'm going to work on that. Simple things. We just do them. And in the process of doing those things, there's the fanning of the flame. Amen?